Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us. All that once was good, and it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's episode number 271. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. And this this time, microphones, where we're going... We don't need microphones. But we might need cars. Well, we we might need roads. um, Yes, the Wild West. Well, we'll get there. Um, (laughs) But uh, this is Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this is Back to the Future Part 2. It has been a few years since we did Back to the Future Part 1. And uh, so we've been waiting a little while to have this discussion. But uh, so very, very quickly, spoiler alert, we spoil the movies we talk about. If you have not left us a review on iTunes, if you're enjoying the show and you'd love to leave us a review, we would love to read it. Uh, so and we appreciate all of those. And please visit our website. 30podcast.com is the best way to find all the different ways you can uh, interact with us and, and listen to the show and check out other content and things like that. So uh, tonight I have with me Pat and Bo. Gentlemen, how's it going? Great. Quite well, John. How are you? Are you ready to cram yourselves into the DeLorean and fly all the way to the future of 2015? Yes, I am. Oh my God, I love these movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. But where now, are my I, flying cars? I, exactly. Right. It's. I mean, 2015 came and went, and I have not had the opportunity to get my Nissan Sentra converted for flight. We got we got our Cubs winning the World Series, but we did not get our flying cars. We did. That's or true. Or our self drying jackets, by the way. Or or Jaws 19. Right. Where is Jaws 19? These are all important questions. Hmm. So anyway, uh, we're going to jump on into, uh, we're going to do our This Month in 89, but uh, we're going to jump on into the movie here in just a second. So This Month in 89, this time around this week, we're talking about the births and deaths that took place in 1989. So starting with November 10th, uh, Taron Egerton, uh, who played Elton John in the Rocketman movie, was born. On November 22nd, I, we mentioned this one last week, uh, November 22nd, Alden Ehrenreich, who played Han Solo in Solo, A Star Wars Story, was born. On November 22nd, C.C. Beck, he was a cartoonist and co-creator of Captain Marvel, the Shazam Captain Marvel, not the Marvel Captain Marvel. Uh, he died on this date, in, uh, in, or not this date, but on November 22nd of 1989. And then uh, November 27th in 1989, Peter Burton was an actor in Dr. No and A Clockwork Orange, and he died on November 27th, 1989. So those are the births and deaths this month in 89. Uh, we're kind of just itching and ready to go for this discussion here. So we're going to jump right on into the movie and start talking about that. So it's back to the future part two. It came out on the 22nd of November, 1989 rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 48 minutes directed by the incomparable Robert Zemeckis, who also did who framed Roger rabbit, Forrest Gump and Castaway. Just a few, you know, little, little short films here and there, little, little student films, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, producers on this one were Neil Canton and Bob Gale. Canton also produced The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai and Get Carter. Gale also produced Trespass and Used Cars. Writers for this one, Robert Zemeckis did the story. Uh, Bob Gale did story and screenplay. Zemeckis also wrote 1941 and The Polar Express. Gale also wrote 1941 and Bordello of Blood. Cinematography was done by Dean Cundy, who also did Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Music was done by Alan Silvestri. He also did Captain America, Predator, and The Avengers. Um, we have, uh, the last two weeks, we've recorded The Abyss, and we've recorded Back to the Future Part 2. So they came out not too far from each other in 89. I think The Abyss, if I remember right from last week, was August, and this one's November. So Alan Silvestri was a busy young man. Um, at this point in whenever he was writing the scores for both of these movies, probably mid to late 1989. That's a lot of music writing. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, he's a <laughs> prolific guy. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's trying to, he's trying to get that James Horner award. Yeah. <laughs> uh, budget on this one was 40 million. Box office was 332 million. <laughs> Stick that in your gray sports almanac and smoke it. Um, reviews on this one. Okay, so here's where I think we're probably gonna get angry at a few people. Mm. Reviews on this one. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 65%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 85. IMTB gives it a 78. Letterbox a 78, and Cinema Score gives it an A minus. Michael J. Fox played Marty McFly, Marty Jr., and Marlene McFly. He was in Teen Wolf, Family Ties, and Spin City. Christopher Lloyd played Doc Emmett Brown. He was in the TV series Taxi, the movie Clue, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Leah Thompson played Lorraine. She was in Some Kind of Wonderful, Dennis's favorite movie, Howard the Duck, and Caroline in the City, the TV series. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson played Biff Tannen and Griff. Uh, he was in April Fool's Day and Turner and Hooch. Elizabeth Shue played Jennifer. She was in Adventures in Babysitting and The Saint. James Tolkien played Strickland. Slackers. No one he takes pot shots at Lubick. No one mm-hmm. takes pot shots at Lubick. That is exactly Not, what I thought when he was pumping the shotgun. It, I know, in, in Masters <laughs> of the Universe and this movie. <laughs> Couldn't help it. I was like, oh, it's so good. I almost want to just, I, I almost want to redub that section of this movie. Right. And oh, just man. have him say that. Oh. And the question is, if you're going to do it, does nobody take pot shots at Lubick? Or does nobody mm. take pot shots at Strickland? And it's it, still does, funny. Does it like, really matter? No, but still. <laughs> I really think he's I think he's the same character. I think you're just looking at alternate universes. <laughs> so uh, you're the you. son of a gun that's been stealing mm-hmm. my newspapers. You got precisely <laughs> five seconds to get off my porch. Slacker. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I want him I, I almost want them to to remake Masters of the Universe and have like He-Man or somebody pick up a newspaper to figure out where they are <laughs> in, in the universe and he comes up with a gun. So you're the guy that's been stealing my newspaper. Oh Let's slackers. So good. Mm-hmm. Because so because Lubick and Strickland are the same person. Oh yeah. It really, it, it really oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Without a doubt. And for that, you know, just push for that. Push one in a slightly different direction. The original Top Gun, the 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 Air Group Commander, Mavericks Commander, is pretty right? much the same thing too. Right. You so it's it's pr- more proof. It's more proof that there really is a multiverse. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Weissman played George McFly. He was in Pale Rider and Corked. Casey Samazko played 3D. He was in Young Guns and Stand By Me. Billy Zane played Match. He was in Tombstone and Titanic. J.J. Cohen played Skinhead. He was in Almost Famous. Charles Fleischer played Terry. He was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Nightmare on Elm Street. Ricky Dean Logan played Data. He was in Freddy's Dead. 
Darlene Vogel played Spike. She was in Ski School. Jason Scott Lee played Whitey. He was in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Flea played Needles. He was in The Big Lebowski and Baby Driver. Jim Ishida played Fujitsu. He was in Predator 2 and Strange Days. And Elijah Wood played Video Game Boy. He was in the Lord of the Rings movies. Here's the trailer. We will be back in just a second. But if you don't want to wait, I guess you could jump in a time machine and go forward to the future. Either way, here's the trailer. We'll be back. Do you remember the future? Where? Back to the future. Are we back? We're back. What do you mean we're in the future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happened oh. to your son. <laughs> He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented a time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat less! Biff? Hello? Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere. We're back, and the princess is in another castle, but it's also 2015, which is in the future past. This this got to be a sticky topic uh, when we were at the dinner table tonight, and I was telling Nora, I said, yeah, we're doing Back to the Future too. So in this one, he goes to the future. Well, she's like, but wait, but it's called Back to the Future. So did he go to the future before? No, um, but in the first movie, he remember he went to the past, so then he had to go back to the future. But isn't that the present? Uh huh. Yes. That's where you play that Austin Powers two clip. Oh, I was going to say space balls. Okay, then yeah. be now. With, right. Yes, yeah, same thing. Or 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 the uh, I forget who said it. I don't know if it was uh, some guys that used to do a podcast on the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles uh, TV show, the Terminator show. Mm-hmm. And the phrase that they kept repeating over and over again anytime time travel was involved was, you know what? Just embrace the paradox. Yeah. I like that. Just embrace the paradox. I like So that. I think we I just have to that. embrace the paradox of, of, you know, what exactly does back to the future mean? And are we going back to the future or are we going to the future, then to the past, and then back to the future of the past? Of the... But do they know that we know that they know? 
And when will then be now? When will then be now? When will then be now? All right. So I know this is our typical first question uh, for a lot of these movies. I'm going to ask it anyway, but maybe I can kind of ask it in a, in a follow up kind of way, which is now a real world, real word because I decided it is. Um, I was going to ask, how does this movie make you feel? I kind of feel like our collective response will be <laughs> oh, so happy. So mm-hmm. let me follow it up with. What is it that makes this movie feel you? What what is it about this movie that makes you feel happy? What is it that really works for you with uh, Back to the Future Two? Coming is it is it that it does more of what we? I mean, because we loved Back to the Future One when we talked about that one a few years ago. We all collectively love that movie. Um, so, what is it about Two that still still does that for you? Some of it is coming back to familiar characters and a familiar place in time. Mm -hmm. Some of it was, some of it is obviously childhood nostalgia. I think we've hit on that a lot this, this 1989 year. There's been a few movies that carried some nostalgia for us that we all loved, but then on a rewatch didn't hold up for us. So there's obviously a little of that nostalgia here. Um, Characters, place, nostalgia, and then humor of the, future 2015 that is now our past yeah what what they thought would happen and didn't i think also gives me gives me joy in its own way (laughs) yeah these characters are so i mean we last week when we did the abyss um or depending on our timeline Next week, when we did the abyss, um, it was last week. Well, that's what. I, yeah, exactly. Last week, when we were discussing the abyss, we mentioned that these characters seem unless unless you traveled back in time to two weeks ago, right? And there I was are now say, two, when you're in the DeLorean, there are now two of the me paradox. here, and then two of you here. Um, but those characters were so <laughs> those characters were so lived in, and those characters were so real, and so and this almost goes to the next level where it's like these characters have just come alive. These actors and actresses are these characters. I, I mean, it's, and like you said, um, uh, Bo, if I can kind of paraphrase, it's like when you come back and you're watching this, it's like hanging out with old friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, it's just like the gang's back together. Nothing's changed. I might've last seen this movie five minutes ago. I might've seen this movie five years ago. I might have just been thinking about this movie, and I remember every little nook and cranny of this movie because I've watched it so many times. It's like it's it's like a it, it's like you're getting together with old friends. Yeah, I think I, I think that's the same thing that works for me with this movie. Is it's you? I mean, right away you you left off at the end of the first one with you know this this. Well, I mean, you continued off from the first one with this just sense of, all right, well, there's no breathing room here. We're going to jump right back into this. It's going to be the same characters. You got Doc, you got Marty, um, and and we're just going to immediately go and have just another adventure with this. And I think it was, you had so much fun with the idea of what would it really be like if you could go back in time and see your parents? Like if you could see your parents and if you could see people that you know now when they were your age, what would that be like? And isn't that kind of cool? And then takes it the other direction. It's like, okay, now let's freak you out a little bit further. Let's take you forward to when your children are your age or, you know, older. And I, I think it just, I, it's a natural 
progression for this movie series was to do that, was to go from the past and now jump to the future. And I think one of the things that just, it, it just always, I always had fun watching this movie because especially when 2015 was still in the future, that mm -hmm. it was just the idea that, okay, well, you had the, the first movie was fun because you had the nostalgia of, you had seen these things before, like you had seen the old cars, you had heard the oldies music, you had, um, you know, seen this clothing, you had seen all of this stuff, you knew about those full service gas stations, you did just all of that, you knew about it. And it was kind of fun to see somebody who is, is very much a fish out of water being dumped into a time where all of that is real. Um, and right. all of that is just, it's part of the reality of, of the 50s. And now the fun thing about this one was, now let's imagine based on based on the trajectory that we're on right now what is 2015 what do we hope 2015 is going to look like and all right. the ideas of well, we'll have we'll have flying cars what else is big right now uh sneakers like we'll have sneakers that pump themselves up or or tie themselves or you know skateboards are huge we're going to have hoverboards someday and right. i think part of that is just the fun of being a kid and watching this movie and going hey i've got a skateboard look at that someday i'm going to have a hoverboard right so I think that's I think that for me that was a big part of what always got me excited about this movie because I I've mentioned many times before I'm a huge fan of time travel. I'm a huge fan of of anything that tries to kind of predict what the future is going to look like. And I think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I always love this movie because as a kid, I mean I, I don't know that I ever thought we'd reach 2015. Realistically, I, I could right. have said, "Oh yeah, well I'll be, you know, however old I'm going to be when I get to there. I'll I'll, I'll be 35 when I get to 2015." Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I, I'll get there someday. As a kid, you never thought that. Like I, mm -hmm. I never imagined that even if we got to that year, it would look anything like that. But I just never even thought of, oh yeah, we'll get to that year someday. It was just, this is a movie and it's a future movie and it's cool. Right. And then we got to 2015 and I think it was October, might've even been on October 21st of uh, 2015. I actually took John to go see Back to the Future 2 in the theater. Okay. They were doing like a special showing the day of uh, the, the actual date of the future, the October 21st, 2015. And so they were doing a special showing of it. So I, I might have been a weeknight. Um, I think I bought a ticket, didn't let him know about it. You know, for him, that was going to be a, a school night and, and it was going to be staying up late. But I told him, get in the car, we're going somewhere. And I drove mm -hmm. him to the theater and we ended up watching Back to the Future 2 on the day of the future date. And it was, it was just really cool to get to see it in the theater. Cool. But I do like, I, I, and even now, now that 2015 is the past, I like going back and watching this and seeing, you know, like, what did, what did they get right and what did they get wrong? Yeah. Do you remember that special that came out when this movie did? And they were, I remember them talking about hoverboards because they all, all thought hoverboards were real. And I want to say that they, that, that it, one of the specials even, like, dropped the hint that like we're close to having hoverboards and it's funny because in one of the special editions I was watching, I was watching all the commentary and in one of them, uh, the director actually says, well, the hoverboard technology that works. That's that. I mean, mm -hmm. we have that, we can do that. That's, you know, and it's funny because then, um, it kind of got me thinking like, Oh really? I thought they kind of debunked that. But then when I watched the commentary in the movie commentary, they showed the hoverboards and they have the two producers uh, doing the commentary and they're like, and just so we can finally just say no hoverboards don't exist. 
We used a whole bunch of different techniques to make it happen, but they never existed. And they said, even on this DVD, you will find in one of the special features that, uh, um, you know, he mentions that hoverboards, uh, the director mentions that hoverboards exist. They do not exist. The hoverboard yeah. is a great, no. I don't know if anyone watch, watches The Masked Singer, but Mm-mm, no. most recently one of the stars that got unmasked had broken their arm and that was kind of part of the, the thing going forward. Right. When she was unmasked, they asked her, so how did you break your arm? She goes, the short answer is don't ride a hoverboard when you're 35. Obviously, meaning one of the two-wheeled style that we right. do have to, but it did make me chuckle as it was the week we were watching Back to the Future. Right, mm-hmm. right, and that's and they said Mattel hated him back in the day because everyone was like calling him Mattel, like we want a hoverboard. When are you gonna have? Right. It? Yeah, oh, I want a hoverboard. I'm not gonna lie, I mm-hmm. want one today. I don't yeah. know if I'm coordinated enough to use one, but that doesn't mean I don't. Well, oh, no. oh, definitely, definitely not quoted enough to use one. And in the, in, in the special features, they talked about how they did it. And they said they used three or f- maybe four different techniques for making the hoverboards w- like look real. And they said they kept changing the different techniques, one, based on like what the needs of the shot was. But two, that way people would be guessing because just when you'd think, oh, this is how they're doing it, they'd have another scene where they're doing it a completely different way that, oh, okay, I guess this isn't how they're doing it. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, some of the other stuff that I thought was kind of cool in the movie at the time that it is funny to me now that it is actually real is um, like some of the biometric stuff, right? Where you have like scanning the, the mm-hmm. uh, retina and the fingerprints, you know, to get into the house, there's no doorknob. Mm-hmm. You know, when she tries to get in the house at first, there's no doorknob. And so she is getting a little confused about it. Um, you know, we were just, we were talking about this not too long ago that uh, my sister moved into a new apartment and her apartment doesn't really have, it doesn't really have a, a door lock on the door. It's all done by key fob. Oh. So she's got a doorknob, but there's not really like, a, there's not like a deadbolt lock or anything like that. It's all done by uh, a key fob. So I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's weird. Like I hadn't been in a building or I hadn't been other than like a hotel, I hadn't been anywhere where, you know, you have a key fob or you could scan your fingerprint or, um, well, you know, I mean, we've on all of our, all of our phones now, it either scans our face or it scans our fingerprint for the most part. Right. That's how you, that's how you use your passwords and and get into stuff. And the thing I will say, I'm really happy has not caught on because I'm not really a big fan of wearing ties anyway, is the whole double tie thing. Oh God. Oh, thank the Lord. I, they don't have, they don't have, suits and shirts with a large enough neck for me to wear barely one tie much less this whole whatever the double tie thing was yeah. right could you imagine oh yeah. no yeah and i as far as i know i mean can you can you hydrate a pizza now you can hydrate a lot of things but i don't think a pizza's mm-hmm. on the list yeah well i'll i'll tell you what i i found uh um um interesting about the future was that um and they seem to kind of stretch it so far with it, and it was cool, but the whole idea of flying cars, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I just, I found that, I mean, they, they stretched it pretty good. And it, it, was, um, it was almost like they just, wanted to, they just wanted to throw it out there and not make it outlandish. That's more of a, what would I say? That's more of a roast than I want it to be. But it was like, you could tell they were, wanting to kind of have fun with this you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. whereas like with the 1950s you know when you go in the past they try to make it as real realistic and 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 kind of 
um, uh, not not romantic. Uh, what am I trying to say? When you remember something, nostalgic. They nostalgic, they were going yeah. for the nostalgia piece with the future. You know, it was like okay, let's 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 have fun with this. Let's you know, hoverboards and flying cars and and this whole thing. You know, well, and I remember as a kid, there was a there was a time where. Uh, it was an issue in the newspaper came out when we were living over in London and the London times had their own like kids, uh, newspapers, like an insert in the regular newspaper, but it was just for kids. And I remember one of the times, one of the front page stories was about flying cars and how they were just a few years away. Right. And that was probably 92 when I read that. And I remember getting so excited. I was like, you know what, by the time I'm able to drive, we'll have flying cars. It'll be like back to the future too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. So I, I say again, where's my flying car? Right. Yeah. Like, especially with the way the roads are right now, I could use a flying car mm-hmm. with all this ice and snow and everything else. So convert my Nissan and let's go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I did decide that the antique store where he gets the gray sports almanac would probably be the place I would be shopping in 2015. Right. Just because all that fun stuff in there. I think there was like a, there was a Nintendo, there was a Roger rabbit toy. There was, mm-hmm. I don't know, a whole bunch of stuff in there, but I remember I'd see that and be like, well, I, that's probably where I would go shopping. Did you hear about the guy about a year ago that fired up his old Apple IIe computer? And, uh, you know, he logged into it, did the whole thing, and he still had a video game that had saved his progress. Yep. You hear about that? I remember, I remember hearing about that, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. He's just like, oh, my gosh, I forgot this game was in there. And, oh, my gosh, I haven't played it in 30 years. And I, you know, and he mm-hmm. remembered what level he was on, and it was some kind of, like, adventure RPG thing. And he, he, yeah, that was, and he said the thing fired up, and he could still play it, and it was, it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the flat panel TV, too. Yeah. Right. That was, they, they, they guessed that one correctly. Right. Right. Now, I don't think I could, I don't think I could stand... I have enough of kind of a uh, information overload when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, so I don't know that I could stand to watch six programs at once. But yeah, yeah, that was a little crazy town. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of being able that you can sort of do if you have a smart TV and Skype and whatnot. But the you know the TV program pausing and switching over to the phone and it being the same display is kind of uh, right. Still a little out there. You did have a you had a bit of a smart home feel to the the McFly house in 2015. Yeah, the fax in the bathroom was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they, what was it? The dust repellent paper. I did like that. Yeah. I almost think that, like, you know, on the rewatch when I started watching this, just when I got to the point thinking, like, you know, some of those characters in the future and some of it almost seemed to be getting a little over the top with the silliness. You know, mm-hmm. just, I was just like, yeah, this is just seems a, a, a tad silly. Then all of a sudden they go back and it's the dark 1985. And it was like, mm-hmm. ugh. and I mean, you know, it, it, they keep it light and it's still an adventure and all that. But when you look at what he comes back to, that is so awful that it's mm-hmm. almost like that, that future with the kind of more, more ha ha uh, over the top future was that kind of gave the, preemptive comic relief you know what i'm saying right like you had to have the silliness to balance out what was coming right right and that was something now and i said that and this may be one of the first times i remember this happening but 
I've said before, I've, I've always been a fan of time travel and like alternate realities and things like that. So I think the sense that this movie was maybe the first time I ever got the notion of, well, if you go back in time and you change something, you could have a completely alternate future. Right. And it, it changes everything. Because of course, if you change the past, that's going to change something about the present that you're in now. And I think that probably blew my little nine-year-old mind. Yeah. At the time I was watching this movie, and and I that may have been where it got me started on, well, wait a minute, but if you time travel here and you do this, and then you, well, well hold on, then there's the, um, what's the Ray Bradbury short story? Was it called The Sound of Thunder? Yeah. That the one where he goes back inside, they go on the safari trips to kill the dinosaurs, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he accidentally steps off the path and ste- steps on a bug, and it completely messes with the the time that he goes back to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I think some of that kind of in conjunction with each other, I think I read that story not too long after probably watching this movie, but you know, that kind of got me hooked on the whole notion of the alternate reality and right. Alternate futures and well, and changing the past. And doc lays it out so well. Like, I mean, I've used that same thing to describe like a, a plot of some movie or something where I'm with someone and they're like, wait a minute, how did this go? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Imagine this line is time. Here's the, de-, you know, and it's like, it mm-hmm. was just laid out so well. Mm-hmm. It's skewed off. Mm-hmm. And it- so is there anything, is there anything in this movie that does not work for you? I know Pat, you started to kind of lean in on the, well, some of the, future characters get a little goofy well it, um it, it, is there anything about this movie that just does not work for you well and, and that I, I would say that that was it and it, it started to hint at me right when i started watching i was like okay this is just and then it was like once i saw the whole like where it was going and i saw the whole thing i'm like oh that made all the sense in the world like why they did it that way why they went for that but what about you is there anything about this movie that you you know rewatching it again or even one of the first times you watch it, is there anything you just go, eh, um, I, I can I take it or leave it. Don't, you know, and I know it advances the plot in a few places, so I'm not 100% sure I have a solution to it. I don't believe Doc Brown would be as flippant with the DeLorean in 1985 at the beginning when he takes off in the middle of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. someone's going to see that. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Seriously? And and yelling about the time machine on the side of the street for old Biff to overhear, like right. little things like that. Like really, no. Well, because really, really, when you think about it, he comes back and he's in a panic and he's in a hurry. You got a time machine. Why are you right? Why are you in a hurry? This does not have to happen like, wait, right away. I, you know, I, I get it that you know for the end of the first movie, beginning of the second movie, I, I get that you kind of have to be. You know, you, you got to build up that suspense for the cliffhanger and the, you know, to get the, the, the ball rolling in the next one. But at the same time, I'm like, what can't we? Yeah. All right. So the Gotta kids are in trouble. Machine. Right. So the kids are in trouble in Octo- at the end of October in 2015. We have a time machine. So we have to hurry mm-hmm. to get to October 2015, even though we can go anywhere we want and anytime we want. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple things well, like again, that. We're just again, just you know, embrace like, the paradox. <laughs> it's it's okay. the embrace the paradox. So speaking of embracing the paradox, mm-hmm. have you guys read the fan theory about the end of this movie? No. Okay. I'm gonna look it up real quick and enlighten us. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I want to make sure I get it right. Okay. But 
it has to do with Oh, I don't need the YouTube version. I want the written version. Basically, the fan theory that says... really Marty did get shot and this has all been a dream? That Marty dies, but because of, well, time machine. <laughs> Doc, that's why the DeLorean blinks out of existence and then he comes back and that's why he knows... Um, hold on. See if I can find wait it really quick. Wait a minute. The so DeLorean sorry. blinks out of existence? Well, at the end... In there when the when Doc Brown shows up just at the right moment and um, right before he gets struck by lightning, right. like the theory says that Doc Brown knows all of this is going to happen because it's already happened for him. But Marty died and he comes back just in time to save Marty from dying with the string. I see. Oh yeah, I'm actually reading it right now. Okay, so you, yeah, that he dies in the okay. tunnel trying to save the almanac. Doc goes back in time to save him which is why the rope comes right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is, uh, this is on Reddit. Uh, the, one I'm, the one I'm seeing is on Reddit. Yeah, it was posted the, about the... a year ago, yeah. posted by Mechendal. I'm probably saying the username wrong, but, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just I'll read it. There's an oldish theory going around about how many times Marty McFly died during the course of the Back to the Future movies. Mm-hmm. The theory goes like this. There are two times in two and once in three where Marty was close to death and Doc saves him. Once on the rooftop with 1985 Biff, where Marty jumps off the building. Once where Marty is hoverboarding away from 1955 Biff. And a third where Marty is strung up and being hung by 1885 Buford. The first one, Marty saves himself by jumping from the top of the building and is saved by Doc. But how did Doc know to be there? The thought is that Marty dies on the rooftop. Doc finds out about it, goes back in time, and flies up to the building to save Marty's life. The second one, Doc drops a string of flag banners just as Marty is coming out of the tunnel. Doc had no way of knowing where Marty would be. Marty was dragging behind Biff on the hoverboard and came out of the same side of the tunnel they went into. Marty was run down by Biff, killed, and there was likely a memorial for poor Calvin Klein. The fun thing about this one is that Back to the Future 1's Marty would go forward in time to a different universe where his parents tell him about that poor Klein boy run down by Biff the night they met and fell in love. The third one is tricky. In this one, Doc has no way of saving Marty if he dies because he's trapped in the 1885 with no time machine. Right. Or is he? So let's say that Marty dies at Buford's hands. Doc goes on an investigation to find the time machine, figures out a plan to get it up to 88 miles per hour, uses the same train trick they use later in the movie to get back in time with the destroyed train and car so he can go back, save Marty, do it all over again. He did happen to have that plan worked out in an awful hurry. Because time. The only all right. The only proof I have of this third one is Clara. Doc knew where she would be and was very fast in getting to her rescue, much faster than a man of his years would have been. This means he saves two people in the third movie in the after effect of his stretch of time travel. And when I found that, I uncovered one more fan theory about mm-hmm. the first movie. Okay. Have you ever heard the one where they talk about the fact that his parents have to obviously know that he's some sort of freaky time traveler dude? I've heard about that one. I haven't read it. But. Realize at the end of the movie, when Marty looks at his truck and is talking to Jennifer, he glances back, glances back at his parents, and they give mm. him a nod and smile and walk away. What if Marty's parents remembered or realized exactly who he was and bought him that truck as sort of a way of saying thank you? Mm. Such a weird scene otherwise. You could argue they were smiling and giving him privacy because they approve of Jennifer and his relationship and wanted to see his reaction. But what might make more sense is our son looks just like that kid who disappeared from school without ever seeing again. Who knew Johnny B. Good, Darth Vader, and Vulcan before they ever came out. And let's be honest, mom's been seeing Calvin Klein billboards for years now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
Oh man. Mm-hmm. And that is, if I remember correctly, a fictional novelist. So I'm just saying. So this stuff shouldn't be that weird to him. Right. Oh man. I know. It's crazy. Like you can get down such a rabbit hole with this stuff. I was just gonna say I, I, I'm gonna be travel. I'm gonna be right? st- like Yeah. I'm gonna be staying up all night thinking about this. Because all of this could be true and all of it and, and they might have thought of it or they might not have. Like right. it's one of those mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah, it's just a movie. But yeah, Pat Pat has some reading to do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my favorite are the ones that Marty is a punching bag and has just died umpteen times and Doc just keeps hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a very evil dead feel to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think one of my favorite parts of the movie when you get towards the end there was the the whole idea that and, and even just trying trying to grasp this as a kid, the idea that you've got Marty running around in 1955, who's been there before, but now he's back to try to get the almanac and he can't run into his previous 1955 self mm-hmm. because he's still running around doing his thing. So those scenes where you get like when when Marty gets slammed into the door, um, you know, he, he slams himself basically into the door um, and just all those different scenes where he's got to hide from himself. And, and when you go back and think about it, you can go back and rewatch back to the future one thinking, Oh, wait a minute. So back to the future two, Marty is like lurking around here somewhere. We just can't see him right now. Right. And I think like me as a nine or 10 year old trying to wrap my head around that just either gave me headaches or it got me excited. Right. Or both or both. Other than just continuing to gush about this movie, I before we jump into five questions, I don't know much more. I don't know what else I have to say about this movie other than I love it. Yeah, it it was awesome, and it's 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 just weird now that 2015 is in the past. Right? Uh, yes, it, it was it was just a great movie, fun adventure, and then going into the future was cool. You know what what will our kids look like? But then going back into their first movie, you know, I mean that was I don't think too many other movies did that. I mean now. You see that pretty frequently, but they go back mm-hmm. into their first movie and have an adventure there. I, and that, that was just so cool. And then it all wraps up and it's a cliffhanger. And then, and I, Bo, and this is what I was saying earlier before we hit record is you told this almost exact same story. I remember it ending and it was like, wait, what? And then the whole Western Union telegram, it, that's just such a cool device mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie. And then as soon as that clips down, you know, you get that ending, like there's only one man who can help me now and that whole thing. And then all of a sudden roll the trailer for episode three. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. What? They're going to do, and it's going to be a Western? Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing of all time. I mean, I remember, Mm -hmm. I I could taste it. I remember being however old, sitting in the theater and watching this go down. And that, and that there was only a few months in between the two movies. I know. Right. That you didn't have to wait that long. That was one of the first times I remember being like, whoa, 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 wait, what? It's already, like, it's only a few months away. Like, I don't have to wait years to be able to see this. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. And I, I want to take one second and just give a, like, a shout out about Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, who actually is in this movie a lot. but That's true. And Ronald Reagan. and the, uh, But Michael J. Fox, like, just how physical of an actor he is. And I mean, mm-hmm. he like does these running scenes and man, that guy's like sprinting across the camera and how good he, he is. And I mean, obviously I know he's, what is the disease that he has again? Uh, Parkinson's, it, right? Yeah. I think so. And it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, well, I don't want to, I don't, I, I know, you know, 
people that are suffering from disease don't need pity. So I don't want to be doing that, but it's just, just a shame that, you know, he's got to, he's got to kind of go down that, that path and, and, and uh, suffer from that. But in these movies, he is just so agile and physical and running and bouncing off of things, you know, like when he's crossing the road and the cars are driving by and he's like spinning around it just, it all looks so natural for him. I, I just, I, this time I was really, not shocked, but I was really taken in by, um, by how physical Michael J. Fox is when he acts in these mm-hmm. movies. Well, and, and the fact that he can, he can play all the different characters that he plays within his family. Like I completely blew my mind. It was only a few years ago that I realized he was playing his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Like that one, I completely missed that. I mean, I got, okay, he's playing his son. He's playing old Marty. He's playing, you know, regular aged Marty. And then it was like, wait, he's his daughter too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did not catch that one. I guess uh, I was looking up something on this earlier. I guess um, health wise, he hasn't been doing too well lately. Okay. Um, you know, I think he was, he retired from acting a little while ago, but he'd come back every now and then and do a spot on um, uh, Sharon. And I used to watch the TV show, the good wife. Okay. Yeah. He did a lot of the one stuff that was like, on the good wife. He did a lot of that one. I think he's been in a couple things here and there um, over time. And I, there was a, an article I found from back in March that said, um, you know, he's just, he's just not, he's not having, he's not having very good luck with his health right now. Okay. So I think it's just, you know, I think it's taken a toll on him and, you know, he still advocates for a lot of, I think he does a, a lot of advocating for Parkinson's research and things like that. But yeah, it just kind of sounds like he's he hasn't done much lately just because it's things are not going well. Right. All right. Well, should we jump on into five questions? Sure. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me? For? I don't know. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Five questions. Um, And I guess if you don't know an answer right now, you can just like travel back in time and give yourself some time to think about it and then come on back. But question number one, if you had a sports almanac from the future, would you use it? Yes, but much more intelligently. You got you to use it a little okay. bit at a time. You can't like mm-hmm. blow your wad early. Okay. I would not use it. Okay. What would your reason be for not using it? I it, it just uh, I don't know. I uh, it, it would it maybe it would just feel too much like cheating. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's where I'd come down. Okay. I don't know that I would, and then and then and then just so I don't try to like paint myself as some like, you know, just going on the, on the on the high road like Bo. I, well, the the moral the moral minority over here. Yeah, I, the, right, right. <laughs> trying to avoid those comments, Bo. I don't know that I'd be able to follow your your lead and be smart with it. I think that would be my problem. Like I, I I'd. Uh, well, I'm not saying I'd be able to. I'm saying that's what I should do. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I think that's where I'm at too. I'm thinking, I, I think I would be sitting there going, you know, I shouldn't use this. Um, maybe I'll just use it once. 
And then I kind of feel like you'd run into that problem of, all right, well, I used it once. If I, I could use it probably once use every it once again. six months. That's not bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I just picture you get yourself into a situation where you're hanging over a precipice and somebody's going, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. You got it. Let it go. You, you got it. Poorly. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta do like what they did in The Rock, where you know, when he has the guidance things for the missiles and he steals them all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, You gotta give the guidance things back or Yeah, that would be uh yeah, it, I I just don't think I don't think I could responsibly use it. I feel like I I want to be like okay I'll just use it once just just one little time and like not for a huge amount but just just enough so that you don't have to worry about anything right. But yeah. All right, number two. If you could bring back any item from the future, what item would you want to bring back with you? I kind of I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious what a uh, what a computer looks like in the future. I guess I'd be curious. You know what? If they have jetpacks in the future, if they have like a rocketeer jetpack, there you go, Rocko. Then uh, exactly, um, I I would bring back a rocketeer jetpack. I'd I'd bring or a tel- or a teleporter just so it's easier to get from place to right? place. I guess I'd bring back a um, I'd bring back a motorcycle. I kind of figured you'd go that. Yeah, route. a motorcycle from the future. Mm-hmm. Although I have to be honest with you, now that a light cycle, a light cycle. It, well, there you go. <laughs> but here's the thing: if they've got flying cars, if we're in the Back to the Future thing and there's flying cars. What do planes look like? Or have planes and cars kind of become the same thing? I I don't know. I just kind of had that thought. Like I wonder I wonder how mm-hmm. that would be. Well, maybe the maybe the planes fly further and faster. Could be. Yeah, I, I think I'd pick something like a if there was a jetpack, I'd do that. But I think maybe like a computer or I'd, I mean I'd be curious to see what, you know, phones are so ubiquitous right now. What what does that look like in the future? I mean, are they, are they just built into our heads or Right. Do we have Google glasses or, you know, what are we, what are we doing with all that? I, I think I'd be curious to see some of that. And I think that'd be something to be fun to like, bring it back and say, Hey, look, I went to the future. Here's what this looks like now. You know, what's really funny about that whole future thing that just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. They do all this outlandish stuff, like robots that take dog or little hovering dog mm-hmm. walker things and flying cars and those, but the phones were still tied to the house. Do you notice that? Like no one had cell phones. Right. Or, mm-hmm. well, nobody really had the internet either. Right. Well, that's all right. What was it? We were watching. Um, we were watching Revenge of the Sith the other day, and was it Anakin was holding some kind of a data pad, and Nora was like, "Is that an iPad?" <laughs> and I and I said, "Well, I, I think kind of like it." And I think either John or Nora said, "So wait a minute, they've got all this technology, and Anakin can't just like." snap a video of Palpatine telling him that he's the Sith Lord, or they can't like text each other and say, Hey, I figured something out. You should come over here right away. Yeah. I said, well, that, that's where we, that's where we do what's called suspension of disbelief. Right. All right. Uh, question number three, this, uh, I asked this one around the dinner table tonight and this one, uh, this one got a lot of conversation going. Um, number three, if you could travel to any time to meet a member of your family past or future, when would you go and who would you want to meet? I, <laughs> First of all, would you go past or future? I would go past. Me okay. too. And, I, and at first I'm like, oh, I'd love to see my grandparents as kids. But then I guess I fall into the back to the future thing. I'd love to see my parents as kids. But then I guess I'd like to keep going as far back as I could and keep like tracking like levels of relatives. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I just think that that would be, I think that would be cool. I think it would be cool. My my dad and my grandfather did a lot of genealogy work. Sure. And so they they tracked our family back, you know, quite a ways. 
and I think it'd be interesting. I've I've only ever seen these as names on a family tree on a piece of paper somewhere. Yeah. Or in a computer program. So I think it'd be kind of cool. That's not what I chose. I actually chose future. Oh. So I, and I think I was the only one uh, around the dinner table that chose future. And I said, you know, past would be fun. Past would be interesting. And and I did put the caveat in because Sharon was a little worried. She's like, well, I wouldn't want to go back in time and mess something up. And I said, okay, well, just imagine that you can't mess anything up. So you can go back in time, but no matter what That's you do, it's not going to mess only. up. Right, right. So you're not going to mess anything up. Just if you want to go back, who would you go back and, and or when would you go back to and, and who would you visit? And I said, you know, I think I'd actually want to go to the future. I'd want to just kind of see how's everybody doing? Like decisions that I made, things that I did in this time, did that work out well for, you know, did that work out well for everybody moving forward? Now, I guess that could be kind of a depressing thing if it didn't work out well, but I was like, and I don't know that I want to see my own children. I think I want to jump far enough ahead to just say, hey, I'm going to, I want to see somebody that I would never, ever, ever meet, but I know that they're related to me and I just want to see how things are going. So I was thinking like great, great grandchild or something like that. Very yeah. cool. Nora's response was she would like to jump forward into the future and see her great, 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 great grand puppy. That's awesome. So, well, the problem is you don't have a puppy right now. So I think she was trying to hint. Yeah, I think she was too. She's been doing a lot of that lately. Yeah. Outstanding. At least, at least this time it wasn't like a great, great grand hamster. That's true. That's there you go. Or the or the grand gecko. We've talked about that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Bo, you said you go to the past too. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you go? Who would you go visit? I'd like to meet my grandfather as a young man. Probably mm. the full, maybe you know, maybe right after World War Two. I think. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of interesting. I both we were talking about that tonight too. That. Um, you know, both uh, my grandfather and my great grandfather. One of them fought in World War One. One was World War Two, and I've always heard stories about them as you know, younger men. But you know, obviously never met them, and feel like, well, that would be kind of interesting to. Then again, I don't. As you mentioned earlier, I don't know if you run into the Back to the Future thing of, well, uh, if I go back in time and meet these people, are all these romantic notions of what my ancestors are like going to be completely torn away when I find out that one of them as a teenager might've been a jerk. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And that may be, that may be one of the reasons why I don't know that if I'd want to go to the past, because then I'd be like, Oh, well I have these memories of this person and huh, that's not how I picture them. Right. Whereas maybe, maybe if I look into the future, I'd be like, all right, I can fix that. Like I can do something about that. If, if my great, great grandchild is, kind of a jerk or did something wrong. Like I can try to do stuff now that might try to help that. It's your kids, John. Something must be done about your kids. What are they? Or something. (laughs) All right. If they were going to make another back to the future movie, where and when should they go? Not. It's already perfectly balanced and good. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. They, uh, you could kind of take the route of the cartoon that they had for a while and you do it. They did a lot of ancient Rome stuff right. and um, they've kind of already done that. So, and they did a uh, back to the future comic book that over the last few years, it's been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, I had a hard time with this one cause I'm thinking, well, the the best way I can think of doing this is what has already been done. And that is 
it needs to be like a TV show, kind of like a quantum leap or a timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you've, you've got like some kind of a mission you've got to go back in time or forward in time for and, and try to fix something or solve something. Like, I don't know that I could see another, unless they found some amazing way to do it differently and do it right. I don't know that I could see another back to the future movie being made. I, I know. And, and, and I said, when we, we did back to the future in 85, um, it was like the perfect movie. I mean, it's just perfectly in balance, perfectly. The formula works for movies. I just don't know. I think you just want to leave this one alone. I think you just want to keep rewatching the first or the first, the three of them and just not do another adventure, you know, because I mean, the thing with the adventure is it, it always deals with family, his parents, his kids his ancestors like I, mm-hmm. I i mean i don't know like where you start to expand too far and then you get away from the base of what makes it eh, yeah i i i don't even want to hazard a thought of what where, what direction they might go in yeah. so i i, I would just say stay pad at three <laughs> i think if you're going to do something i think the tv show angle makes a lot more sense but either way I think the twist you would have to do if you were going to do another one is you have to do it now. You bring mm-hmm. 1985 Doc and Marty to today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then you have that, you have what could be an endless list of things to do. And it's the fish out of water story of someone from 1985 being brought mm-hmm. to today. Yeah. I think that's probably the. Yeah, I just I, I look at all the I look at all the stuff that's been done. I look at, you know, I look at the quantum leap, I look at timeless, I look at uh, sliders, you know, the whole thing of alternate realities and multiverses and time travel and all that. And I'm like, you know, it's just it's you have to find you have to find a fresh way, fresh way of doing it. Right. Right. Because there's been so many other things that have done it well since these movies have come out. Yeah. All right, number five. If you were, this is a little bit like our Batmobile question from earlier this year, but uh, number five. If you were going to build a time machine, what vehicle would you use? Because if you're going to build it, you know, build it with some style. I think now I, I would probably make it a Tesla Roadster. Yeah, I, you, you and I are actually on the same page. <laughs> I said Tesla, but I said if we could make it solar powered, let's put some panels sure. on top, and because I don't want to mess, I don't want to mess with the Mister Fusion. I don't want to mess with needing gasoline, and, and really, maybe not the Roadster. Realistically, it's probably got to be the Model X, mm-hmm. and because you got to be able to take your supplies with you. So if you have a Model X, then you just turn that whole roof into a solar panel and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you see, that would that would be hard, and and uh, I I again reference the special edition. When, or the DVD when they were talking about the different way, things they were thinking of. And the one guy's like, you know, honestly, if we were going to do this in reality, it would have to be some sort of a tracked vehicle like a tank because you might be going to a place that didn't have roads. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of like, I don't want to start being practical, planning out my time machine um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. But I, I guess, especially after seeing all the problems they had in Back to the Future 3, I think I might be tempted to looking into something like that, you know, like a, a tracked mm-hmm. vehicle or something like something like the tumbler. Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to take there the, you go. I, the dark night, the tumbler, and just make mm-hmm. that a time machine. Okay. You know. 
pull pull so the trick. Got it figured out to me. Yeah, pull pull the triple X line. You remember? Do you ever see uh, with um, Vin Diesel triple X? You know, he he buys some old G. Long time he ago. He buys the GTO, and then he's like, "I want you to take all of this," and points to like all these weapons and like systems and everything, and put them in here and points to the gto so i think that's what i'd I'd say is like just point to the delorean say i want you to take all that and put it in here Mm -hmm. so all right well i think that's going to do it for back to the future part two uh we are so let's see three three just came out the next year so three came out in 90 yeah 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 all right well so next year we'll talk about three i know (laughs) the time traveling western movie uh, yep. Just awesome. Because because what else do you need? Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this time around. So if you want to head over to 30podcast.com, that's got all the different ways you can check out the show and interact with us, uh, listen to the episodes, search for old episodes, find our letterboxed page, social media stuff, voicemail, all that fun stuff. Our next episode's coming up for the rest of the month of November will be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We'll continue on with the time travel theme. Um, and then then we'll truly answer the question, what does God need with a starship <laughs> when we get to Star Trek five, the final frontier. And then we'll be on into December where we get into Christmas vacation. Uh, say anything when Harry met Sally and ending the year off with star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. So we have got some good stuff coming up. Um, so join us for that. And uh, thank you both. Thank you, Pat. Thank, thank you, John. And uh, so another great discussion tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you want to get in on the discussion, uh, as I said before, go to our website. that has got all the different ways you can reach out to us. And we'd love to talk with you on Twitter and and, um, Facebook and all those different places. Uh, Oh, before I forget, uh, Pat, because I forgot last week, and and Bo, you can can throw this in here, too. Um, There was a thing going around on Twitter uh, a little while back about uh, somebody put up, list your top five, was it top five? people that share your first name mm. and they want to know like what you're type. i mean historical entertainment wise sure. that kind of stuff and um you know for some of our listeners it was a little bit easier because they had names that are maybe not quite so popular i already said look I, i've already lost with the name john because there's no way that i can include all of the best johns and they were kind of i mean they were being nice about it but they were kind of picking on me a little bit they're like well you forgot this one and you forgot this one i'm like i know mm-hmm. My name is John. You only gave me five. Right. That's not cool. So I am just impressed that you were able to keep it to a list of five. Yeah, I, I tried. That's 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 growth. That's good stuff. It's it is. It's it yeah. Kind of. It felt like a growth. <laughs> I, I mean I mean, I mean growth. I didn't mean to say a growth, but, um, but I did tell them, I think they were a little bit out of luck because they like, we need to hear from Pat. I was like, well, this conversation has taken place on Twitter and Pat's not exactly a, a big social media guy. So <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll ask him on the show and then maybe give him some time to think about it. And maybe we can come back to it in a later episode. These were the Twitter followers we're wondering. Yeah. So do you, right off the top of your head, do you have any famous Pats or Patrick's that other than like St. Patrick? Well, I was going to say the right off the top of my head, like, would be St. Patrick and then mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze's awesome. Patrick Stewart. Okay. Patrick Stewart, yeah. Those are two awesome Patricks. Mm-hmm. Man, I got well, I got two. Um yeah. who is the guy that rode with Billy the Kid? Pat uh Nope. I thought it was right there. I thought it was right there. <laughs> it was in the memory, it was in the memory somewhere. <laughs> 
Patrick. Well, I'm sure. Let me Google that for you. Yeah. Well, and then all the students at school that love uh, SpongeBob SquarePants would say Patrick the Starfish. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. So I know. So is St. Patrick, can I use it or should I avoid that? No, you can use that one. My, my, I think my five were, I'm trying to remember what they were now. Uh, well, I figured there's so many political and biblical ones that right. I just said John the Baptist for the biblical there, one. Yeah. I said, and that, that covers all the Johns because there's a bunch of them. Sure. Yeah. Um, political, I think, did I do a political one or did I just say, forget it? I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, I might've done a political one. I don't remember. Um, but I know my other ones were, uh, John Williams. Okay. John Lennon. Right. Oh, right. who are my other ones? I'm, I'm going to have to look it up cause now I'm going to forget. Uh, John Donne, the poet, the English poet. Okay. And now I'm going to forget who my other one was. Then they started in on me. They're like, well, you forgot John Lithgow. I'm like, no, I did not forget John Lithgow. <laughs> Once I got to number four, I started having a panic attack. And then, all right, let's see if I can find him real fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine were, okay, here they are. I had, oh, no, here we go. I had uh, John the Baptist, John Lennon, John Williams, John Hughes, and John Dunn. So, and then I started getting picked on. They sent me a whole bunch of pictures of like John Quincy Adams and John the Apostle (laughs) and uh, uh, Prince John from Robin Hood Men in Tights. There you go. Uh, John Wayne. I'm surprised I didn't get any pictures of like John McClain. Sure. Nobody mentioned John F. Kennedy. So, you know, that's the surprising one. Well, I kind of feel like I feel like with a name like John, you just you're you're automatically going to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, you guys can think about that next time, and, and maybe we can throw that out there. But I did tell him, I'm like, well, Pat's not really on Twitter, so you're kind of out. Of yeah, you, uh, you'll have to relay. Someone will have to relay that to me. You know. Well, I told him. I, I said if I remember, I'll try to ask you as we're doing our recording, and then and then maybe you can share that. It'll, you know, it's not quite as immediate as Twitter, but right. hey, two weeks, you get two weeks. What do you, what yeah, do you mean? there it is. There it is. Well, I, I'd say those would be my, my first couple, you know, Patrick Stewart, that guy's awesome. Yeah. And then I'll just have, to, I'll have to look it up, man. I'll have to look it up. Okay. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Thanks for asking though. Hey, listening audience. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Bo, do you have any famous bows or? Well, there's the, uh, there's the easy Bo Jackson, Bo Schenbeckler. Um, but then, like, should I be doing Robert? So it's a it's a deeper Robert conversation. Bruce. Robert Downey Jr., Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. Robert the Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets sort of uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I did say uh, I, I commented on mine, and I said, "Look, it's just I I ran out of I, I didn't have stuff on my list." I oh, actually, here's how I responded. I said, "Believe me, I did a lot of hand wringing when I got to John Lithgow, and he didn't end up on my list." And Belushi, and Candy, and Goodman, and Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, because <laughs> that's where we got stuck. Well, that last guy—he's important, mm-hmm. you know. Well, his name's my name too, so we got to look out for each other. Well played, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, we will see you all back here next time. So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Uh, if you don't have time to watch movies, then build a time machine. And then you've got all the time in the world. Um, and if I was feeling really bold right now, I could go into the uh, set the Louis Armstrong. We have all the time <laughs> in the world from that. Which which uh, Bond movie is that from? Oh wow! I have no. I would have to look that up. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I was gonna start singing that earlier, but I, no. I will spare everyone. And we we thank you for that. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I try to provide a service. All right. So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs>